and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Peterson, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Today, we're giving our best tips for baby quilts, and Elizabeth tells us a story about a recent baby quilt she gifted. We're also sharing our spring sewing traditions. For many people, a baby quilt is the very first quilt they make, whether it's for their own child or for a friend or family member. First of all, when you're selecting your color scheme or fabric, you will want to consider the recipient's preference. This could be as simple as asking the color scheme of the nursery. If you don't know or you want your gift to be a surprise, a gender-neutral multicolored quilt can be a great choice. Pink for girls and blue for boys aren't necessarily the default choice anymore, so you can even peek at their baby gift registry to see what color bedding and towels they've registered for as that will give you a good idea of their color scheme and what types of designs they like. When you're choosing a pattern, it's good to remember that this quilt will likely be used and washed frequently, so it's best to save the intricate piecing for a different type of quilt. We tend to think a simpler design with large pieces works the best. So what's a good size for a baby quilt? You'll want to consider the end use. If you're making a quilt for a crib, a standard mattress size is 23 inches by 46 inches. If you're looking to make a quilt for a play mat or tummy time, then we usually see these as smaller squares in the 36 inches to 40 inch range. Quilts also make excellent nursery decor, especially hanging above a crib. The nice thing about a quilt above a crib is there's nothing sharp or breakable hanging above baby. If you know your recipient is going to hang the quilt on the wall, you can consider adding a temporary hanging sleeve to the back of the quilt before gifting. We'll link to our directions for making a hanging sleeve in the show notes, which includes directions for stitching the sleeve on. If you know the sleeve will only be used for a short time, you can use safety pins or hand sew using a large basting stitch to attach a sleeve temporarily. That way the sleeve can be easily removed if they want to use the quilt for another purpose later. If you're in a time crunch and need to make a quilt quickly, a panel quilt can be a great option. If you start with a large central panel design, you can add borders or even some simple pieced blocks like hourglass units or four patches and be done in time for that shower. Another great option is to start with pre-cuts. You could start with five inch or 10 inch squares and just sew them all together in a grid for an easy peasy quilt. Another fun option is an eye spy quilt. This is a quilt made up of a lot of different fabrics, usually novelty prints, Fabrics that work great for this are animals, bugs, fruits and foods, numbers and letters, shapes and other objects. If you have a large fabric stash, this is the perfect excuse to dig through all those fabrics and find a variety of prints that kids would enjoy. As the child gets older, you can play I Spy with the fabrics and it can be a fun activity for parents and caregivers and can also serve as a way to teach colors, shapes and more. Once the quilt top is complete, you'll need to choose batting and backing. For batting, Doris recommends a cotton poly blend. This is an extremely durable batting that will hold up well to repeated washing and drying and really holds its shape well. 
Cotton batting tends to shrink a little bit more, but also gives that super crinkly look once washed. Think of how you'll want the quilt to look over time when you're choosing your batting. For backing, plush or minky fabric is always a great choice. It makes the quilt extra cuddly and kids just love it. And older kids and adults love it too. The quilts at my house with a plush backing are always the most popular choice. It can be a little tricky to quilt these on your domestic machine as the plush fabric can be a little bit slippery. We recommend using a walking foot when you're quilting with plush fabrics for the best results. And I found it's best to keep it simple with longer straight line quilting and minimizing a lot of directional shifts where you have to turn the quilt. Plush is quite a bit heavier than quilting cotton, so it can be tiring trying to wrangle your quilt sandwich through the machine. On a recent quilt with a plush backing, I did a large crosshatch design and that worked really well. One nice thing about the plush fabric is that the thread sinks down into the fabric so you don't really see the stitching, just the texture of the design. That makes it super easy to choose a thread color because you can just match the top and not worry about how much will show on the back. When you're selecting a quilting design, consider that you want the quilt to be soft and cuddly. A very dense design can make the quilt a little bit stiff, so a looser design is a good bet. Check the packaging on your batting you chose to see how far apart you can quilt so you don't go too loose. You want it to be held together and not too loose that the material droops. We'd suggest no looser than three inches apart. An all-over design is perfect for baby quilts. A simple stipple or loopy meander are great free motion options. Straight line designs are easy to complete with your domestic machine, and if you want a little more detail, try a serpentine stitch. This is a wavy line design that is just as easy as a straight line, but gives a little bit more texture. You can find this design on most sewing machines, and you can adjust the length for a tighter or looser wave to achieve the look you like best. For binding, a lot of quilters like to machine stitch rather than hand stitch the binding down, so it's nice and secure. This will ensure it holds up to repeated washing and drying. Keep in mind that you'll see the stitching on the binding and the back of the quilt, so choose your thread color accordingly. And don't forget to label your quilt. Add details such as your name, relation to the baby, and the year. You can add the baby's name and date of birth if you're making the quilt after baby is born. This will make the quilt a treasured keepsake for the family and ensure future generations will know the details of the quilt. I have several baby quilts that have been passed down, but unfortunately there are no recorded details, so it's a bit of a mystery who made them and when. Here are a couple of cute quotes you could include on the label if you want to add a little sentiment as well. This quilt is a hug from me to you for your whole life through. May you have warmth and comfort always. When you sleep under this quilt, you sleep under a blanket of love. When gifting, don't forget to include washing instructions. Pre-washing the quilt is always a nice touch, and that way you can wash it with color catchers to prevent color running. Our staff always recommends gifting a couple of color catchers with a quilt too. Just be sure to let the recipient know how to use them. All the quilts I make are made to be used, but sometimes I think people get worried they will ruin a quilt and just fold them on a shelf. I always try to either include a note or tell the recipients that the quilt is meant to be used and abused. That can help them feel comfortable actually using the quilt. 
I hope you found these tips helpful for your next baby quilt project. I will link to some free baby quilts and projects we have available on our website in the show notes. Now we're going to take a quick ad break, and when we come back, Elizabeth is sharing a sweet story of how she recently made a baby quilt for a friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Now here's Elizabeth. Hi, this is Elizabeth. Baby quilts are one of my favorite projects to make and give. There's just something so special about gifting new parents with a handmade quilt. I recently finished a very special baby quilt for a dear friend who is having her first baby this Thursday. So I thought it would be a fun to share how I involved the mom-to-be in the quilt making process. In the past, I have surprised several friends with baby quilts, selecting the fabric and patterns on my own based on what I thought they would like. However, this time I decided to ask my friend in advance if I could make her a baby quilt and if she had any specific colors or themes she wanted me to coordinate with. She was thrilled with my offer to make a quilt for the nursery and had a lot of opinions so I'm really happy that I asked first so she could be involved. My friend is not a quilter and really didn't know where to start, so I narrowed down some quilt patterns for her to choose from, and she ended up selecting a quilt pattern called Same Sky Quilt by the designer Modernly Morgan. It's a really striking pattern with interlocking star blocks, and it's so cute. Once we had the pattern selected, it was time to start buying the fabric. The walls of her nursery are already painted a pale lavender, so she decided to embrace the color and use shades of purple for her nursery decor instead of a specific theme. She was really excited to help select the fabric for the quilt, so we made an entire day out of it together, visiting three local quilt shops and, of course, breaking for coffee and lunch in between our shopping. In each quilt shop, I started by steering her towards the baby and novelty print sections. But ultimately, she decided that she really wanted to focus on color and not prints. So I suggested we look at the Grunge Basics line from Moda Fabrics because of the large color selection and subtle textures. She selected several shades of purple, gray, and a touch of aqua for the quilt, and we found a really sweet print with tiny silver stars to use for the background fabric. It was so much fun shopping for fabric together and getting to introduce her to the world of quilting and quilt shops. Plus, it was a nice feeling knowing that she would like the quilt since she was the one who picked out the fabrics. Now, back in November, we went on a staff quilt retreat, so I decided to pack this quilt to work on. Baby quilts are great projects to take on retreats because you can typically start and finish them in a weekend, depending on their complexity. The retreat center we were at had a design wall, which proved to be so helpful with this pattern. 
I was able to really play around with color placement and then carefully take down each row one at a time to assemble. After having the luxury of a design wall, I've now decided that I need to figure out a way to create a temporary design wall at home because it was so helpful. If you have any tips for creating temporary design walls in your home, please share them with me. I'd love to know. Now, I'm a night owl, and I really wanted to finish the quilt at the retreat. So I stayed up until about 1, 1.30 a.m. in the morning, the last night of the retreat. But it was so worth it to finish the quilt top. The other thing I love about baby quilts is that they are so easy to quilt on your domestic machine because of their smaller size. I ended up adding some diagonal straight line quilting using the star blocks as a guide. And before adding the binding, I completed the quilt by adding a simple label to the bottom right corner. Now I have terrible handwriting, so I mocked up what I wanted the label to look like in a Word doc on my computer, and then I simply traced the lettering onto my fabric square using a fabric safe marker. I then embellished some of the words and a little heart with purple embroidery floss. I folded the fabric square into a triangle shape and then stitched that triangle into the binding in the corner of the quilt back. This was the first label I have ever added to a quilt and I am thrilled with how it turned out. Quilt labels add such a meaningful touch to any quilt and I was so glad I decided to add one to this quilt. I gifted the quilt to my friend at her baby shower a couple of weeks ago, and she even got a little teary-eyed when she opened it, which made me feel so happy. She's decided that she wants to display the quilt in the nursery, so I'm actually going to head over to their house this weekend to help them hang it on the wall. We're going to use two wooden quilt hangers that clamp around the quilt, so I don't even need to add a hanging sleeve. Plus, this means that the parents can easily take the quilt down when they want to wash it or when they want to use it for sweet baby cuddles. It was such a fun project to make, and what made it even more special was by including the mom-to-be in the process. She's so thrilled with the quilt, and I just can't wait to meet their little girl later this week. Thanks for sharing, Elizabeth. It just shows how the personal touches can make a handmade gift extra special. Now we're going to share our spring sewing traditions. First up is Doris. Hi, I'm Doris, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting. Spring cleaning in my home and sewing studio usually starts sometime in early February. Living in the Midwest, our January through March days are often gray and can be depressing. It inspires me to clean and declutter. Some area of my home always gets a good sort through and reorganization. And in my sewing studio, it's always pulling out the UFOs for another look through. I sew along with our UFO challenge. So even though I don't finish 12 UFOs in each year, I do fill out the UFO challenge monthly schedule and begin the year strong working away on them. I take each one off the cart that I store them on, open each bag or container and look through what is there and choose what I wanna put on my UFO challenge form. I assess each one to make sure I still like it because, you know, sometimes as tastes change or sewing skills develop, you fall out of love with a style or project you were once excited to make. If I still really like it, and I think I'll have the free time to finish it in the coming months, it goes on my form. If not, and I either no longer have the 
drive to finish that project or I don't really like it anymore, I either donate it to a guild that will finish it up as a charity quilt or gift it to a quilty friend that I know will love it. I look forward to the day when I'm retired and can have much more sewing time available to me, but for now, I choose the projects that most inspire me and bring me joy working on them and finishing them. If I come across a project that I packed away because something wasn't coming out right or I cut wrong and now I have to figure out what I'm going to do with not enough fabric and jogging that memory brings back the feelings of frustration and stress, it goes in the giveaway pile. I am definitely a proponent of handcrafting as a form of self-care and mindfulness for my mental health. So I want to spend my limited sewing time working on projects that excite me. In the show notes, you'll find a link to our UFO challenge group. I hope you'll check it out and join us this year. Beth here sharing mine next. Once March hits, that's the start of spring table runner season at my house. First, we have a couple of birthdays in late March, early April, so we decorate early and leave the birthday decor up for a couple of weeks until the next one. I have a special birthday decoration storage tub that has all of our birthday items in it. And I have our table runner in there too, and it's made from brightly colored snowball blocks in the middle with pieced presents at each end. I add that to our table, and then we have a Lego birthday cake centerpiece that completes the look. I also have a few reusable happy birthday banners that I hang around the house to add to the festive feel. Hanging a few paper lanterns from the ceiling completes the look, and we're all set to celebrate. Once the birthdays are over, it's Easter, so I swap out the birthday runner for the pastel spring flower table runner. My everyday dishes are fiesta wear, so I'll pull out the pastel colors I have to match the table runner and use those for our Easter dinner. A few pastel serving pieces make an appearance too. This year, I'm going to make some fabric flowers that I can use as a centerpiece as well. We have a free pattern for them online, and I'll link to that in the show notes. These are so fun to make and a great way to use scraps. And the best part is they never wilt. I love that my seasonal table runners can make our house extra festive and it's so fun to rotate them out. I love sewing for the seasons and table runners are the perfect quick and easy way to do that. Now we'll hear what Elizabeth does this time of year. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And one spring sewing tradition I have is to go on a family quilt retreat every May with my relatives. To prep for the retreat, I like to sort through my patterns and fabric stash in advance to select the project or projects that I want to take on the retreat. I set them aside in a separate project storage bin and purchase any missing materials or notions in advance so I know that I have them in plenty of time for the retreat. As soon as the weather starts getting warmer, the urge to spring clean also hits me. This includes cleaning and organizing my quilting and crafts room. I usually dedicate a weekend to sort through my supplies, purging any items that are damaged, and making a list of new items to purchase to replenish my supplies. I like to switch out my rotary blades and needles and give my vintage featherweight machines a good cleaning. I also like to swap out any seasonal decor and quilts this time of year throughout my house. As the weather warms up, I like to replace the quilt on my couch to a brighter and more lightweight quilt. I wash up any winter quilts before safely storing them in my closet for next year. 
And speaking of winter quilts, spring is also the time of year when new holiday and Christmas collections are released. So it's a great time to start thinking about holiday projects and handmade gifts while the new fabric collections are all still in stock. Starting your holiday sewing in the spring ensures that you will have plenty of time to finish your seasonal projects and send them off to your long arm quilter before the rush of next year's holiday season. It's never too early to get a jump start on holiday sewing, even if thinking about winter is the last thing that you want to do in the spring. That's it for today's show. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope that you'll get to spend some time quilting this week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. 